Hi guys and welcome to another episode and another season of the British Obesity Society's podcast. This season we are focusing on COVID, obesity and me. Nova Nordis has provided a financial contribution to the British Obesity Society to fund the creation and development of this podcast. Nova Nordis has had no influence over the content and full editorial control remains the sole responsibility of the British Obesity Society. During this series we are going to be meeting some absolutely inspirational individuals who have some incredible stories that have occurred over the past year and during lockdown. The first guest is Kathleen Wooten. Kathleen is one of the most inspiring people you could ever wish to talk to. Two years ago, she weighed 35 stone. She also suffers from lipidemia. During the first lockdown, Kathleen's mental and physical health really suffered to the extent where Kathleen couldn't even make it upstairs in her own house. But then Kathleen decided enough was enough. Inspired by her sister setting up an open water swimming group and a childhood love of swimming, she decided she was going to make her way to the freezing cold North Sea. How she was going to get there, she had literally no idea. How she was going to be able to walk from the car into the sea, she also had no idea. But the one thing that there was absolutely zero doubt about was that anything was going to stop her. So where did this resilience come from? I began by asking her about her childhood. I was born in um, this little village called Mountain County Durham, a pit village. My dad's a miner. I'm one of eight siblings. My mum's a bingo caller and I've always lived in this village and we used to have an open air swim baths, which where we went all summer. It was Olympic outdoor pool and it was the only one in the North East at the time, so it was amazing as a child. We always ate together because my dad did a lot of the cooking, but when we were younger, I was um, kind of the one who didn't want to be in the limelight. I was the one who hid behind everybody else and I got wrong. I actually got wrong for everything because I was the one who always got the blame. But, um, yeah... And we got brought up with beans, chips and eggs, <laughs> kind of um, pit food. I remember the minor strike and the food more so then than what I was eating when I was younger. But we all had, like, proper Sunday lunches and stuff all the time. But my dad was a cook and my mum just used to help. But then, obviously, because we were, um, there were so many of us and it was hard work for my mum, we, we all learned to cook ourselves in anyway, so we were all pretty efficient in the kitchen by the time we were 10-year-olds and we could do a meal ourselves if we needed. Um, when I left school... I was I was pretty depressed actually. I think I was well. I was pretty suicidal to be honest. But I don't generally tell people I was. Um, but I went on to college. Um, disliked college with revengeance. I was on the wrong course, but still went. So I did retail, which is not the kind of thing I was ever into. I just did it because somebody else was doing it. Basically, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to college, and then I fell pregnant with my daughter when I was seventeen. Um, and that's when the weight started. Catherine's weight gain started during an unexpected pregnancy. But what was also unexpected was some rather interesting cravings that turned into some very interesting habits. I was being sick all the time, realised I was working in a shop at the time, Tesco's or something, on a deli counter. Um, I stopped working because I couldn't stop vomiting and the reflux was really bad. But I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. Um, and then I started drinking pop. Iron, brew and tizer, and I don't mean I drank a little bit. I sort of drank 10 to 12 a day and I would not share. And if everybody, any I want, you've got any, no, no, I've got none. I'd have it hid on my bed because that was me craving. 
craved, craved it. And then when I had her, that was like, well, I wasn't bothered about it anymore. It was a sheer craving for Iron Brew and Tizer. 10 to 12 litres. Uh-huh, every single day. And I, and I, lucky I didn't end up diabetic or anything. I didn't find I was pregnant until I was about five months, but I was already doing no lap up back then, um, putting the weight on. Um, difficult because I was a lone parent and I knew I was going to do it on my own. And then it was also okay because I knew I was moving up my parents' house, which I was never there very much in any way because I had a... Me and my mum are chalk and cheese, but didn't have a good relationship as much as I love her. I went, ex- I exercised all the time. I used to take, a, I've got hypermobility, so I used to take the physiographers all the time. So I used to put in the push chair, take, I used to take the gym every day, because you were allowed to then, you wouldn't be allowed to take them in now, health and safety. But I used to take them in the push chair, go bus to Sunderland, go to the gym each day, every day, lost a lot of weight, continue exercise, pretty... Pretty much okay being a single parent, didn't mind it too much. Catherine's other pregnancies were not without problems. I had prenatal depression with Morgan. Massively, no exercise all the way through. Did not want another baby. Was not having another baby. Was not, even though, obviously, I I I was having another baby. Even when I went went into inducers, I was still not having a baby. I wanted to go home. (laughs) I was worried that he was going to have similar problems to Connor. Hey ho, I didn't think you didn't, but you just. <laughs> um, so I didn't think I could cope. So how did that display itself? I was just really depressed, um, really down. Even though that I was still exercising, still trying to keep active, um, and that was my only let up because obviously the endorphins when you exercise make you feel happy. So that was the only time I felt normal. I just did not want a pregnancy. I did not want. Um, Bad split up relationship because I found out he was a violent with his ex partner and he kept threatening us, but he didn't hear us. But I just walked away. So it was like three children on my own. Do I want this? And my cousin was terminally ill when I was carrying him, and she 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 wanted to hold him before she died. She died the day after once she got to hold him. And then my auntie died six weeks later. And I think from then on, even though I lost weight after Morgan, it just gradually stepped up and stepped up and stepped up, so... What was your relationship with your auntie? She was like my second mum. So it was really hard. That was one of the hard things, losing her. With everything Kathleen had been through, I asked her what her relationship with food was like now, when things got difficult. I find it easy not to eat and I feel guilty when I do eat because of my size. And a lot of people think because you're big you won't eat all the time. But it's not the case. It's far from it. It's a very emotional thing, like you know you've got to eat to survive. But when you do eat you're worried that you're going to put more weight on and people and then the stigma you get from being obese, which you do. It doesn't matter where you go. Even if you go to if you go to the um, the hospital or the doctors, the first thing they see, in fact, the only thing they see is an obese person. I don't care what anybody says. They see the obesity and nothing else and everything. They don't really listen because they just want to focus on, yes, that might be a primary cause to whatever's going on, but it's not just about that. And then I've got very slim siblings and they're very biased to fat people, to be fair. And found upon, and I mean, the jokes is horrendous some of the times, the band is disgusting. But it's not the don't of us, they're just, it's a fat banter. 
Fat banter's not nice. Every day, you name I've tried it. Tell me three. Tell me three if you know. Um, slim fast. Cabbage soup diet. I actually found it quite um, tasty. <laughs> and, and I found it quite good because like, I was just having soup before. And then, um, so I didn't feel hungry on that. I remember trying uh, the tablets used to buy from the gym, which is every gym, which aren't good. <laughs> but anything and everything I tried. Um, and I'd done all the ones like, you know, with the GP off you to go and do the short courses and stuff and everything, done all of that. Can't say I never had any success with any of them because I'd have success with whatever which one I've tried. But it's maintaining that success. I don't want to call Slim World right, but Slim World isn't maintainable continuously. And once you stop, you go back to your bad habits, but then because you have this excess, excess amount of food you're allowed to have, then you're filling up with junk, and then the weight piles on again. Yes, it, it's really good when you go, and it is a good starting point, but it's not maintainable. And this, this is my massive thing about Slimming World and Weight Watchers. They are not real life. And I think the only way you can lose weight, which you lose weight, the best way is eating for wellness and making positive changes, which always works. Kathleen's determination has inspired us all, but this isn't the first time her determination had turned a few heads. So getting married, my daughter was two, and I was still big after having a cater. And my brother wanted, wanted to be bridesmaid, and I, and I was in a size 24 dress then. And I went down to size 16 within eight weeks of exercise. Probably about six stone in eight weeks or so. What were you doing? That's just crazy. Constantly walking, every, anything and everything, just eating healthy at the time. And I looked quite good on the day, actually, because I was quite... I look back at the picture and think, oh, my God, I did that. But there's a lot to do within that time. Did you do you enjoy that process? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know if it's the exercise and the actually being active and feeling physically doing something good for myself. So it's the journey that you enjoy. Uh, the journey. Being... It's safe to say that Catherine's journey so far has been an inspiring one. She's overcome adversity and put a smile on pretty much everyone's faces. However, during lockdown, she was to inspire thousands more and put a smile on her own face as she rediscovers a love from her childhood, swimming. I'm enjoying the journey and I want to see the end result now. I want my life. I've never smiled so much in my life as I do right now. It's bizarre. I'm not saying I'm a good swimmer, but I'm a keen swimmer and I love the water. That is when I'm happy in the water, which is strange. But yeah, um, so... I'd seen the post, my sisters had um, started open water swimming, they sort this little group up, which only had six members that went the I went and I'd phone my sister, I went, I can't believe you're swimming and see, I've, you know how much I want to do it, and she went, well, do it, I went, I can't, my mobility so bad, I'll not be able to, and I physically couldn't get off the chair very well. I have, which I only really talk about the lipidemia, but I have osteoarthritis, I also have severe hypermobility and my joints dislocate all the time. I have fibromyalgia and then the lipidemia. Which all of them lead to chronic pain. And obviously, as the weights come on, and then chronic asthma, and then as the weights come on, my mobility's got more and more reduced. And when I was doing my master's degree, I dropped out because my back went, and I physically couldn't move. I was more, I didn't even want to go to, I didn't even go to bed most nights. I slept on the sofa because it was so painful. Um, and obviously, when me, I can cope with dislocations. I did go for a period where I couldn't walk with my knees because it was dislocating constantly and the weight just kept, and the weight went colossally just went on because I wasn't being active. Like I said, I've got to be active to keep weight up. 
and I couldn't. It's a huge vicious cycle, so it's really, really hard to find anything. Going swimming at the swimming pool, the chlorine aggravates my asthma. And I'm still in pain when I swim at the swimming pools. So I still did it, and I still did a water aerobics, and I was still trying. It wasn't I wasn't trying, but I physically couldn't cope, and then I ended up with the sticks, which I didn't want. I admit I was disabled. That was a big issue. A big thing in my head. Didn't like it, didn't want it, didn't want to admit it. And the pain was a massive barrier. But I used pain as a negative force at the time. I thought, like, all that's all I could focus on was I was in pain constantly. Nothing else, just this pain. Until I decided to flip it around and think, well, I've got this pain. The pain's not going to go away. And then I remember my grandson being poor and thinking, how do I use this better? So I decided, like, I'd treat it as a friend, even though it's not, obviously pain's not a friend. And that I'd kind of try and embrace it and do what I can when I can. And that's where I started getting a bit more, wanting to do more stuff. Pacing myself. And then COVID hit. And everything stopped. <laughs> Apart from doing a bit at home, referring people on the food bank stuff, but there wasn't really much like I could do from home. And my daughter did not want us leaving the house being chronic asthmatic mm. and not being able to wear a mask because of the panic attacks. Well, the pool's short. I've been swimming on enough over the last few years and doing water aerobics and going swimming when I could. But it's not so easy because our bus route, our bus um, timing's here every hour to go where I want to go swimming. And then if you miss that bus and you can't stand, you can't sit for long, and you're sat in the cold because I'm not I'm not driving yet in Wallaby, um, then that was really, really difficult thing to do and couldn't afford taxis back and forth all the time. So did it when I could. But I decided I was going to do swimming when I'd had enough in COVID, where my mobility just went from being poor to, like, terrible. And then I, mean, I started doing little short walks up, up the bank near where I live and stuff, but that wasn't enough, and I didn't like it because I was doing it on my own. There was no enjoyment of walking on your own, um, and it was painful, so... So COVID, lockdown actually made you work? Yeah, and it was like, what do I do? Then obviously I was struggling with my son's mental health. What about your mental health? I was bottom... I was so depressed, so didn't smile, cried all the time. Couldn't see my grandchildren at the time because it was like, sort of, you can't. Um, it just was horrendous. Yeah, I really give up. In fact, I didn't kind of give up, I just give up. But then I started singing. Somebody posted, a friend of mine who I've known for about a year, posted a song and I went, oh, that's beautiful. So, because I'd gone on Smeal and looked at that, then I started getting loads of little, you know, where Facebook, um, the arguments, the suggested yeah. stuff there. They start coming up. So I was like, oh, I'll go on here. And from that, I just, like, we met a group of women talk online, have a daft laugh, and I mean, a daft laugh it is. I've set up a carol singing group on Bailey's Cup of Crew, you know, the X Factor winner, um, Sam Bailey. That's she has this Cup of Crew to help people during COVID. And I do a little chat on there sometimes and stuff and things, so... Are they all, say, are they all from around the country? Or all over. No all way. over the world as well. How many are there? There's 7,000 people on the Cup of Crew now. And she's doing the buddy up scheme to help people during um, Christmas. So somebody who's totally isolated has got somebody else to Zoom dinner with. So I started feeling a little bit better about myself through singing. And then I started thinking about the snacking, what I'd started doing, which I never did, because I didn't use to eat every day. And then all of a sudden I was having crap food. And so I got rid of that. And then the swim, well, the swimming, when I saw that full post on my sister, I was so jealous. I was really envious. 
Envious because you were like, there's no way I can do that. No possible way I thought because I could do Because you literally can't go upstairs. Yeah. And then together on the beach, you've got to go down a set of steps. Let alone use sticks on sand. Let alone get changed. And then get in the water. Then get out and then get changed to go home. Sarah, one of my sisters, um, she said, you know what, if you don't try it, you never know. You might manage and even if you don't, you might manage better the time after. You know you can do it. But if I was in your situation, I'd go, that's no, impossible. I wanted to be in that sea. I just wanted to... Somebody else was going in and I've always wanted to do it. I wanted to be back in that sea. I really wanted to be in that water. And it was like, oh, God, it's going to kill us, but I've got to do something. Oh, I think I'd end up dead. No other way. I'd, the way it would have just kept going, coming, my mobility would have reduced... Yeah, I would have just got worse. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I know wouldn't be. I wouldn't be in a good state now if I hadn't started swimming. But it was creeping up my mobility. Was just couldn't put my own shoes on. I still struggle sometimes. I was having to dislocate my leg just to put my shoe on. Put pull my hip out. I was going to get in the water no matter what, but <laughs> didn't know what to do. I mean. <laughs> didn't know I was getting in, but I was getting in. But how did I just can't get my head around from because at the time you couldn't get out the stairs. So how did you even get there? With my sticks and my sister, and I struggled. Were you not in loads of pain? Agonising. Horrendous what? pain. How many times during that journey from, like, you had to go down those stairs? Mm-hmm. I practically crawled across the beach, and I've had people say to us, I saw you the first day you come on that beach, and you were in so much pain. And they said you could see it in your face, and you they said you might as well have crawled across the sand, you looked horrendous. And at the time, because... The, obviously, my back's gone about my back, so I top, and I'm top heavy as well. I fall forward. I was falling forward and I was losing my height, so I was more or less walking like that. I was standing like that when I first went. Literally curled over, partly in there. Um, so my height's coming back and my, my posture's a lot better than it ever was because I really, really was like that. And I just thought I've got to do it. So you went down, got, went downstairs with your how long did it take you to get from there? Forever. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. It took us a long time, but I don't know, but my sister like, just take your time. Really? Don't worry. Just do it, do it, just take your time, you can do it. So, eventually when I got, he got getting changed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was awful. So, eventually got in the water and the pain, just like, whoosh. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> just, I, I just, it was I think I said on the first video of the um, the news, it was invigorating. It just, that cold water hit. And it wasn't, I wasn't like going, I was like, oh, heaven. So, so, this, so that's why I went back, because I knew once I was in that water, it was going to be the best, best pain relief I've ever had. And that was just amazing. Was, were you expecting that? No, but my sister said the, the glow. She said, my face lit up. She said, I just felt, I said, it's like Christmas. I said, it's like being child she, she said, your face, just live up. Kathleen overcame a challenge that many of us would struggle to overcome. But her sister was about to offer her an even bigger challenge. One that even Kathleen doubted herself to overcome. But little did she know, in overcoming this challenge, she was about to inspire thousands and thousands of people from around the world. And in doing so, would become a little bit of a celebrity in the open water swimming world. Changing the way she saw and felt about herself 
for good. All thanks to a photo taken by her sister and posted by Kathleen in the middle of the night. I have very poor self-esteem and, and very poor opinion of what I look like. I've always been stigmatised, even when I was young and there was nothing, nothing wrong with us. It was just apparently it was a pretty little thing. Um, I wouldn't quite say that, but you know. Um, and I was bullied all the time, so... Getting into, I was going and swimming with long leggings, swim leggings on, a long top. I was wearing underwear under that, then I was wearing a costume on top of that. I was covered up and and I was struggling getting changed. And because of that, my sister, Sarah and Christine again, you need to think about what you're wearing. No, nope, I'm not getting my body out like that. It's bad enough having my arms out. And then when I've got my arms out, they're going, no, you're going to have to because you're struggling. You're going to have to do something, so I was down to a costume eventually. And I still had swim shorts underneath. There was no way I was getting rid of the, the leggings, but I got rid of the tops and stuff and the underwear. <laughs> Maximum everything to keep everything where it will be. And then I was gradually one layer at a time. And then she went, you're still struggling with that costume and stuff? You, you really are? Do you think it'd be easy for bikini? Yeah, well, it would, but I'm not. And she went, just do it. Now... Nah, nah, and then on, and eventually, with their will and their kick up the bum, I was like, right, bikini. So I did it, and I thought everybody'd be staring, and they weren't. Nobody give two to two hoots. I'm not saying nobody on the beach would, but I didn't see it. I wasn't focused on them. And she took a picture, and I went, I went. She went, Are you going to post it? I went, well, I'll cut my legs off. She went, you can't cut your legs off, that defeats the object. No, well, I'll cut my legs off and I'll post the top off. She went, no, you've got to post one picture. No, I'll cut my legs off. She went, just go for it. I went, no, people are going to call us. I'm going to get bullied again and and I'm going to get told. And they were like, no, no. And she was going, just do it. So I come home in this mad moment. <laughs> right, posting. I was just, oh, my God. I've never had such positive reinforcement and it was like, I just didn't know what to do with it. And I still don't know, sometimes I feel a bit... Help. Because <laughs> it's new. But I just couldn't believe that people were being... Even one me one of my sisters, Christina, was on the news with us last time when I did the blog, about the blog. She said she thought the same as me, people were going to be mean and it was going to affect us dramatically with my mental health again. It was going to knock us right back. And I wasn't big then and it's constantly... So this negative reinforcement throughout life hasn't been. So I was like, oh, God. And I thought, oh, and you know what? Sod it. I'm going to do it. And I just... Impulsive. I tell you I'm impulsive and I'm the greatest stuff. And once you badged this enough, I did it. Why do you think you got such a positive reaction? Um, because... In my mobility and the way I am and because I'm still doing something despite COVID and I think COVID's a massive thing because I'd found some, some outlet and everybody's sat in the house and people are re-evaluating life as, as they are now. Had it been last year, I don't think I'd have got the same um, response whatsoever. I think it'd been totally different attitude from people's opinions. The media dictates what we think and society as an obese person dictates what other people think of you 
and we're frowned upon and we're wasting their NHS money and we're doing this and doing that and then all the the negative publicity which is out there. So people don't take kindly to big people. So that was strange for it to be flipped. My opinion still stands with the media and how the and how the government dictator and the NHS about obese people. Other people now think and it's like the likes of you who in nutrition I would have thought you would have found upon kind of thing. Which I know that's not I'm that's mad. But because I do like public health, I don't found upon people. I just think I've had a negative experience of a nurse who was so derogatory about what I was doing as a profession and she thought it was okay to say, well, no no offence, I would t- wouldn't take advice from you. And I put a complaint and I went nowhere because I'm big. That was her opinion. Didn't need it. Didn't want it. Kathleen is confident, inspiring, strong and has a real sense of purpose. But what next for this... I guess, open water swimming celebrity, once lockdown ends, who seems to have inspired thousands and thousands of people across the world. Her posts get hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of likes and interactions. Surely she can't stop now. Oh, my journey's going to start stopping, <laughs> continuing. The weight will come off, the mobility will get better. Apparently I will always need my sticks, but hey-ho. How, how is... Um... How has things changed since you started? Well, since that day that you first got in the city. Mm. How often do you get opportunities? I mean, it's. I went from one once to twice a week and struggled. Now I've actually done seven days some weeks, even if it's a struggle. I've been invited to swim all over the world <laughs> to swim, which I find quite bizarre. But um, what? yeah. How, why do you think that is, and how does that make you feel? The people that you know wanting to swim with you. Positivity and the fact that I smile a lot and I'm happy and I'm just being me. That was episode number one of COVID, Obesity and Me with myself, Paul Evans, brought to you by Nova Nordisk. If you'd like to interact with us at the British Obesity Society, you can find us at the Boss. Org, or on Twitter at ObesitySock. Thanks again to Kathleen for being our guest and we'll join you in a few weeks with another inspiring guest. See you then.